excited because I'm not doing the Give series anymore. And, and, I, and I told uh, the, the brother Jim Thomas, I said, I only got four weeks, and then that's it. And I said, the Lord laid on my heart that you are supposed to give the message on this Sunday. So, Brother Jim, if you'll come forward and give us the blessing of sharing the word with us. If everybody will just give him a round of applause this morning. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, saints. Welcome to your Father's house. I want to give thanks and honor to Pastor Stephen for the inv invitation. I want to give honor to the elders and to uh, Pastor Kenny for uh, sharing this time and this place with me. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you all for welcoming my family. Um, we feel at home here, and I was speaking with the kids on the way to church this morning, just thinking, uh, just reflecting on how thankful we are for Ohio. For a man from Michigan, that's a lot to say. But uh, we're thankful for that. Before I get into the message, I did want to uh, just mention to you something that I mention at work as well. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I think most of you know me a little bit at this point, but for those of you that don't, I'm a, uh, I'm a chaplain at a prison nearby, and at work I preach to the inmates. I'll be preaching there at 1 o'clock today, so that's why I didn't sing with the worship team, because I have to have some voice left over to preach to them at 1 o'clock. But when I preach to them, I tell them, look, not everything that I say is going to be what God has for you. I'll feed you the meal that God has given me to prepare for you. You might want to add some different seasonings, some different spices to it. But for, for, for the greater part of what it is that you hear from me, eat the meat and spit out the bones. If it isn't for you, don't worry about it. Put it off to the side. Maybe it was for somebody else. I'm giving you permission to do that. Not everything that you get from me is going to be straight from God. Some of it's going to be me. And I apologize for the part of me that is involved. But for the part that God actually speaks through, take that to the bank because he is faithful. And enjoy whatever he gives you out of the message today. you would go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be looking at the last few verses. This is a very familiar passage. We know it as the Great Commission. It's one of the passages that Jesus tells the disciples what their next job is going to be from him. Matthew tw chapter 28, starting at verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And if you would, turn with me also to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 17. We're going to read about a time where they were doing what Jesus had commissioned them to do. Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 1. After Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, This is the Messiah, Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians in the marketplace, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. While they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly, they attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some believers before the city authorities, shouting, These people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches me. So I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow. But I know he watches me. Let, your not, let not your heart be troubled. His tender words I hear, and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, 
but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches me. If you know it, sing it with me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches me. Amen. Reflecting on our journey this morning, if God had told me ahead of time what was going to be awaiting us in New Hampshire, I never would have said yes. I would never have agreed to an accident that would have put my wife and I in a hospital for 13 days. I never would have agreed to living in a place where we were so secluded and we were not able to to have really the socialization that my sons needed in order to develop and, and to be what they're now starting to bloom and prosper and, and become. But that ability was not there in that place. But God knows what He's doing. God takes us through paths sometimes that we would not have said yes to. But even in the worst places, which I'm not saying where I was was the worst place, but when we find ourselves in places that we would rather not be, God has a purpose for it. God has a plan. And if we trust Him, He even takes our desert experiences, our bad situations, and He makes something out of it. Something for His glory. Something for His good. Something for His honor. Pastor Stephen just went through the series on give. And I believe the last point that he had in the uh, series on give was what? What was the E? Equip. Excellent. Equip us for what? Equip us for use. God has a plan for us. God has a use for us. The Great Commission, Jesus doesn't say, go sit in Jerusalem. I got some seats there for you. Just occupy. Just sit there. There's nothing else that you need to do. No, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. He gives them a commission. He gives them the purpose. He gives them the responsibility to go, to evangelize, to go tell a certain message, to go tell the good news. We saw in the book of Acts that I just read, Paul and Silas have gone into Thessalonica and they've, they've brought this good news with them and then all of a sudden, their reputation precedes them. They get to town and all of a sudden, the people there in town are getting jealous because God is doing something in Thessalonica. 
And the charge that they bring to the, to the leading men of the city is saying, these people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. Ever let it be said that the church of Jesus Christ is turning the world upside down. Ever let it be said that things change when a man who knows God steps into town. Ever let it be said when a woman that knows God gets on her knees and cries out to God on behalf of a city that change starts coming to that city because of her faithfulness and because God has torn her heart with compassion for those people. And she won't stop and she won't give up until she sees God move mightily within that city. How many of us have seen a saint of God that we know that this person walked with God and we know that this person left a legacy behind them? How many of you can raise your hand and say that you have met somebody that you know the world was different because that person lived? Amen. Ever let it be said of the church that that's what we're about. We're not just supposed to be sitting in a pew. We're not just supposed to be occupying until Jesus comes. Sometimes we don't have to do an awful lot. Sometimes it's just what we have that makes us dangerous. Well, why are we dangerous? Well, because Jesus is not a house-broke God. You, you can't you can't put him in a box. You can't tell him that this is what he's going to do. No, he has a plan. He is God. He knows exactly what he decides to do. He knows exactly what his purpose is. You can give suggestions, but he doesn't always go with your suggestions. So many times I come to God and I say, God, anything but that. And God says, that's the only thing that I want. Yep, you're right. My bad. I'm sorry. I just shortened the conversation there. Usually there's a several hour argument that goes on where I'm just yelling and he's, he's just kind of laughing. Sometimes he has a wicked sense of humor. But he's a good God. He doesn't leave us to our own devices. He doesn't leave us to run around in our ignorance. He doesn't leave us to run around in our self-deception, where we can tell ourselves, hey, nothing else matters. This is the one thing that's important to me. God doesn't do that. He loves, he loves us enough to confront us and to say, no, the thing you're chasing after, it might look good, it might feel good, it might seem good, but it's not the best thing for you. And I love you too much to let you just continue to have to serve after this one thing when I have so much better for you. Evangelism, you can put it another way. At work, there's a term that I see quite frequently on the dockets of the men that I work with over these past years. It's shortened in an acronym, PWITD. Possession with intent to distribute. In a spiritual sense, that's all evangelism is possession with intent to distribute. 
You have something that God has given you that He's intended for you not to keep for yourself, but He's intended for you to give to somebody else. You're, you're in the legal sense, they've shortened that down, and in, in a legal sense, someone really doesn't even have to be found guilty of distribution. All it takes is possession. If you have a certain number of grams of a particular controlled substance, the court does not have to make clear that you intend to distribute that. Just the very fact that you have that many grams in your possession, it is assumed in the legal sense that you have the intention of distributing it. Because the, the value of what you have in your possession, you're not going to just squander that yourself you're going to make sure that you distribute it. And so it's understood, it's assumed in the legal sense that possession of a certain quantity of something makes it understood that it's going to be distributed. God has given you, what did Jesus say? He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth, and I am giving it to you. You have all authority in heaven and on earth. He's given it to you. You have possession. You are found guilty of possession. What are you doing with what you've been given? It doesn't matter. You go to court, they're going to find that you have possession. You're going to be re held responsible for the distribution. Hopefully when you get to heaven, they will find that you were involved in the distribution, not just singularly in the possession. God's called us to this. Possession with, in, possession with intent to distribute. He's given us that authority. He's given us the good news. The good news is that, yes, places like Thessalonica can be turned upside down by the very presence of God's people coming in with the thing that, not just what they possess, but the thing that possesses them. The Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into a certain place, it does turn that place upside down. These men who've been turning the world upside down have come here also. These men and women who've turned the world upside down have come to Youngstown also. These men who've been turning the world upside down have come to Poland also. They've come to Boardman also. They've come to Canfield. They've come to Warren. They've come to this area They've come to this part in Ohio and they've turned the world upside down wherever they've went and now they're here. So now what do we do with them? Why are they a concern? Well, because there's something they possess or rather there's something that possesses them. And that something that possesses them doesn't play nice with our idols. It doesn't play nice with the way that we do business as a corrupt people. It doesn't play nice with the world that's full and drowning in its own sin. It doesn't play nice with all the other children that are blind and don't know how to live the right way. Jesus calls us to be possessed of that which we possess. To be possessed of the Holy Spirit. To be possessed of the good news. To let that good news spill out over from us.
It's interesting that in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus doesn't tell them like He tells them at the, begin, at the end of the book of Matthew. And in Mark and Luke, He tells them go into all the world and to preach the Gospel. The first chapter of Acts, He doesn't tell them to preach. He doesn't have to. He tells them, go into Jerusalem, pray, seek My face, and you will be filled with the Spirit. And you will be My witnesses. Now the thing about a witness is, whether the witness gives a testimony or not, the very fact that that witness is still alive means the testimony goes on. There are men that I, that I work with, some of whom have thought and maybe acted on eliminating witnesses in their histories. Not because the witness ever said a thing, but because they were afraid of the fact that the witness could say something. And just so the very fact that that person was still alive made them dangerous, made them a loose end, made them a liability for the person who had something to lose. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit falls on you, you will be My witnesses. Doesn't say there that you have to go out and witness. No. Just the very fact that you are alive. Just the very fact that the Holy Spirit has changed you. Has moved in your life. Has taken possession of you. Makes you a witness. Makes you dangerous because the Holy Spirit that's in you, He's the one that's dangerous. He's the one that keeps coming into this world and changing this world and turning it upside down. Because He's not satisfied with us running, as it were, full tilt off the cliff to our sudden destruction, which is what sin makes us do. He's not satisfied with us self-destructing as a people, which is what we do when we fall into the clutches of sin. Instead, He wants us to have freedom. Instead, He wants us to have life and to have life more abundantly. And He's not satisfied for us to sit back and to fall into a constant repetition, a constant life and struggle that's continually plagued by sin. And people know that. People have seen where the Holy Spirit has been. People have seen how much has changed when God, through His people, comes into a city, comes into an area, and turns the world upside down. Possession with intent to distribute. Some charges just simply change that to possession. What's your intent? Has God been good enough for you? Has He been faithful to you? Has He proven Himself over and over in your life? Has He led you through the fire? Has He led you through the storms? 
Do you know that his eye is on the sparrow? And do you know that he still watches you? Have you been through all of these things? Are you still possessed by that message of the good news? Is that still transforming you? Or have, has the edge of that somehow been rubbed away with all of the... Uh, with all the friction that we get in life of running into this thing or that philosophy or this person or that person and this bill and this hazard and this, this thing that comes up. You fill in the blank, whatever that thing is. Has that friction so rubbed you down and taken away your edges so that at this point you don't feel the passion anymore and you don't feel that possession welling up with inside of you saying that this isn't right and I can't sit back any longer. People are in desperate need of this message that I have. And I have to get it to them. Are you still feeling that itch, that possession? Is this thing that's in your pocket, are you ready to give it to someone else? Are you ready to give it out? Are you ready to spread the good news? Are you ready to distribute what you've been given. I think that's what God's called us all to. He's equipped us. He's equipped us for a purpose. The purpose isn't just for our own benefit. The purpose is for others. Sometimes you won't have to say anything. Sometimes just being there changes the dynamic in the room. How many have ever noticed that? Sometimes you've walked into a room or you've seen somebody else walk into the room and instantly the atmosphere in that room changes. But sometimes, because we have words, because we have been given a message, sometimes we do share that message. Sometimes we need to Distribute that message. It's not just for you. It's not just for me. Possession with intent to distribute. How do you intend to distribute your message this week? Yeah, you, you, have, you have possession. But how do you intend to distribute that this week? How are you going to give that good news out to somebody can you make a plan in your mind for this week? How are you going to give that message of the good news to somebody so that you don't come back next Sunday and still have everything that you were given this week still in your pocket? There's nothing left. I mean, there's nothing less in your pocket next week because you didn't give anything out to anybody. The funny thing about the Holy Spirit is the more we share, the more we communicate, the more we give out, the more we end up getting back. If you want more of the Holy Spirit when you come to church next Sunday, give some of Him away this week. And when you come back next Sunday, there'll be more of Him with you when you come next Sunday. Because that's just how He works. The more we give, the more we receive. Can we make a plan? You talk with God. Speak with God. 
Tell him, Lord, you've given me this great news, this good news. How do I do it? How do I give this message out to other people? And God will bring people into your path this week. People who are in desperate need of His good news. If you had a medical emergency in front of you and you had a a first aid kit, most of you would open that first aid kit and get something out and try to fix what you could of the tragedy that was happening in front of you. Most of you would do that. Most of you this next week are going to come across somebody who is in desperate need spiritually of the good news that you have. Open up that spiritual first aid kit. Get something out and give them something that can help. Because there's only one thing that they actually need. And all they need to know is just Jesus. And once they have Jesus, they'll have the good news. They just need you to point them in the right direction. Sometimes you won't even have to use words. Some of you this next week will run into people and just by your very presence, they're going to know that something's different about you. And they might even ask somebody, what's so different about that person? And then your reputation will precede you. The people who've changed the world and turned it upside down have come here too. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this message. Thank you, Lord, for the evidence of your presence in a place because you changed and turned the world upside down. Thank you, God, you did that in Thessalonica all those years ago. Thank you, you did that in Youngstown. Decades ago, your church has seen revivals in this place. But God, we cry out to you for you to do it again. God, use us. Help us not to just sit on the good news that we have. But Lord, empower us to start speaking forth what You've done in our lives. Help us, Lord, to have a boldness to speak to people and to tell them, Lord, this is, this is the Lord and the God that can change your life. The One who's turned the world upside down is here, and let me introduce Him to you. God, give us opportunities. And Lord, as is possible, Help our reputation to precede us as well. And help others to see, yes, that one is possessed by God. That one is one who goes forward and changes the world and turns it upside down because of the Holy Spirit that's in him. God, give us divine appointments this week so that we can tell others about your good news. And we just thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you that you've given us all power and authority. Help us not to just sit back. Help us to use it. Because there are people who are in desperate need of you, even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. It's a word that I knew that I, we needed to have this morning. And it's a challenge. One of the things that I loved how he said was, how are you preparing to be the vessel of distribution? That's a powerful word because we are all called with the Great Commission to go forth in all of the world. And me and my wife, I will always tell you, 
you might be the only Bible somebody will ever read. Not by what you know or preach at them, but by how we live. So I want to encourage each and every one of you this morning, because we're getting ready to dismiss, to ask that question. Ask the question to God as you get ready to walk into the store, as Chip will call it, the Walmart. Or as you get ready to go into work, Lord, use me to be the vessel and the beacon that I might be the salt and the light that this world needs. That somebody might get saved. That somebody might get the thing that they are missing in their heart because they don't have Jesus in their lives. That's what we're called to do. So Lord, right now we just ask that you just move upon this body. Lord, let us ask that one uncomfortable question, Lord. Use me with whatever facet you want to, Lord, in this moment. Lord, let them remember that question as they go through Monday, as they go through Tuesday and the rest of the week, God. And encourage them and strengthen them, Lord. Because what they need is to just be able to be willing to give their lives so that they can see your purpose go through theirs. Fill us, Lord, this week. Give us strength. Give us a, a healing touch to all those that are sick, God. And let us just go through this week, Lord, with the expectation, God, that whatever we pour out, Lord, you'll refill back up. And let us just be encouraged, Lord, as we get ready to go through this week to invite someone to hear the good news to come on Sunday. Better yet, to just love them where they're at. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Let's give Jim a, a round of applause this morning. We're truly thankful for you, and I know you've got to get ready to go.